0: Good evening and welcome. Welcome to our Equip and Disciple service. I'm Erica.
1: And I'm Christian.
0: And we <laughs> we're not nervous, don't worry. Uh, we just want to welcome you, and uh, we're continuing in our series, The Hall of Faith. And tonight, we get the treat of Bunny. Auntie Bunny's going to speak tonight, and her message is entitled, uh, Keep with Faith. So let's welcome her up. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Don't, don't leave the stage, guys. Oh, don't leave oh the stage. yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot. They're not nervous. They're so cute, yeah? I just love them. Come, come, come. They're so sweet. I wish my kids would listen like this. <laughs> well, we are in the series of Hall of Faith, and we're actually talking about, we're going to take a, just a, a glimpse into the life of Noah. But I wanted to ask Christian and Erica because they are a part of our young adults um, who have chosen to answer the calling early on in their life. And so I wanted to ask because we just came back from Zero Gravity. That is one entire week with teenagers. And it's over 50 teenagers. I believe there's 75 of us total. And I think a little over 50, maybe 58. Yeah. Wowzers was awesome. So I wanted to ask both of you if you could maybe just share, come a little bit further up. No need be scared of them. This family. We're all family here. Okay. Um, what did it take or what kind of preparation did you do going into like mentally, spiritually, physically, or if you prepared at all when you knew you were gonna go to zero gravity and spend an entire week. And I'm not just saying like one or two hours. This is twenty four seven for five days. So whoever wants to go first
1: i'll go first that's okay um for me it was just lots and lots and lots and lots of prayer (laughs) (laughs) like for real that that's really for me right just asking god you know hey use me Um, have your words flow through me you know not me but have you flow through me and that that was basically my prayer every time it was like you know this looks impossible to me but i know with you we can do it so
2: that is so awesome yeah,
0: yeah um, I don't think there's really much you can do to fully prepare for five days with like twelve-year-olds, um, but <laughs> but we did pray a lot. There was a lot of prayer prior, during, after, and um, before everything that we did. Um, we prayed. We got together and we we prayed over the kids. There was one night we were having we were having a hard time, and we all got together for our. Um, our meeting at the night um, to debrief, I guess. And we just went around the campus and we prayed again
2: mm-hmm. over
0: all the kids. And I remember me and Ella and Moani, we stood at the edge of the girls' camp and we just held hands and we got together and we just prayed over everything. And I swear, the chills. Right. It's total Holy Spirit. There's nothing you can do to really mentally prepare for that kind of camp. And it was awesome. Isn't this awesome?
2: So good. I do have another question for you, in regards to your faith. So, Christian, you are twenty, correct? Uh, twenty-one. Really?
1: As of March, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you just had a birthday. You're right. Oh yeah, you're same age as my. You're okay. I'm okay now. I'm okay. And Erica, twenty-three. Okay, twenty-one and twenty-three years old. And you answered when. Have you ever felt, like, doubtful or inadequate um, when you, when God called you into ministry? All the time. <laughs> and how do you push through that? Um,
1: yeah, so it's, it's always a thing, you know, like I said before, things look impossible. You know, it's like, hey, you're going to be a group leader for a camp of kids for five days. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I have hard enough just, you know, two days with kids. And it's like, you just pray. For me, it's like you partner with God and you say, it's not me. None yeah. of this is going to be me. And I just use me to do what you want.
2: So. Yeah, okay. it's,
0: it's just complete faith. You know, it's yeah. just there's no way to just do it unless you just do it. And you go, God, okay, let's go. And you just go with it because really it's
2: never us. Can we thank Erica <laughs> and Christian, please? Yes! It's so cool because that's our upcoming leaders. And so our future looks bright. Amen? Amen? Serving and learning together. We're all doing this together. You know, before we, we dive into tonight, I just want to, um, let's just offer up a prayer to God tonight. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time that we get to come together as your body, brothers and sisters that are learning together, serving together, and equipping one another, and where we get to see and get to look and glimpse into the next generation of leaders coming in. Thank you so much for... Just this church that has invested so much. Lord, we just ask that you would download what you have for each and every person sitting here tonight, that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so like I said, a week with teenagers. And I got to say, I am not a camping person. Like, I just don't like camping. I used to say I hate camping, but that's not true anymore because I love when we get that one week with kids. I love when we get to spend uh, an entire week with your kids or teenagers. It just fills me. And one of the things, the reason why it fills me so much is that I can stand there or sit there and just watch. In fact, Monday afternoon, I arrived because I had the honor of being camp speaker, and you know, I have been out of youth ministry for a while now, and I was so happy to come back because zero gravity is, I love zero gravity. And so we, I was sitting at my tent, and I was just looking, and I was getting close to dinner, and the kids were running in and out of their tents, grabbing their Bibles and their journals, and I took a picture, and I posted it on Instagram, I think, and I said, my heart overflows a joy that I get to do this. And I sent Pastor Sheldon a picture, and I, we were talking back and forth because, I, it brought me back to a, mo, a day where a time where we were sitting in Pastor Sheldon's living room. We were all youth leaders at the time. We were in our 20s, and we were praying, and we were like, hey, God, what direction do you want us to take this youth? And he said, make a camp. And we were like, well, we've, I mean, we grew up on an island. We know how to camp, but not with a whole bunch of kids. Like, maybe we can do, like, one day. And he's like, No you're going to do this for five days, you're going to make a camp. And we just looked at each other, and I, we trusted, and the Lord said, this is what you're going to do, so we did it. And so I was sharing with some of the kids this past week, I said, you know, that this is our 18th zero gravity, 18 years. Of course, it didn't help, with some of the girls were like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot. But it was so amazing to see that there is this legacy. And I got to share with some of the leaders because I got chicken skin just watching some of these. In fact, every, almost every one of them came up through zero gravity. And I just saw them and I was like, man, I'm so proud of you guys. But you see, God gives us a glimpse of when you put your faith into action. And when you say, I'm going to trust you, God. I may not fully understand how to do this because let me tell you, the first two camps. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to repeat those. We were not prepared. But we grew and we learned and we improved every year. And to the point where I really feel like they're super spoiled because, you know, hello, we, we trailblazed for you guys, so you're welcome, guys. You're welcome. But it was so awesome because it, we didn't understand everything. And yet we still had to trust that God was saying, this is what I want you to do. And so in faith, together with a lot of prayer we set forth, and now zero gravity has developed into this life-changing camp that we get to, as a church, invest in in the next generation. And it is amazing to see what these kids experience just in five days. So tonight, we are going to take a look at Noah. We are in the series Hall of Faith, and Noah, wow, that guy. I, the more I study about Noah, I'm impressed with his faithfulness. So we're going to take a look um, at Hebrews 11. But before we do, I'm going to show a clip. I'm going to set it up for you just just for a second, okay? For those of you that saw the Zero Gravity recap video on Sunday, you saw me giving a uh, message in my Darth Vader shirt. There were a few people that were concerned about that. And came up to me and asked me, you were wearing a Darth Vader shirt. And I was like, well, yeah, Darth Vader's awesome. I didn't say that. Um, so I kind of explained myself. So let me explain to you. We, we pray for months on the direction that God wants us to do. And Pastor Ben kept nagging me. Maybe it's not nag, but just asking um, hey, what's, what's the theme? What's the theme? What are, what, what is the message is going to be like? And I said, I don't know yet. I'm I'm still asking the Lord. And, and finally, maybe about a week before Zero Gravity is when I got it. And it was, the choice is yours. That's what the theme was. It was, we can't make the choice for you. You got to choose for yourself. And so one of the messages I was really adamant about tell, speaking into the kids' lives about making decisions based on emotions. And so Darth Vader, I'm a big Star Wars geek, okay? Darth Vader is one of my favorite, favorite characters because he reminds me a lot about myself and the redemption that I received through Jesus. Now, for those of you that know Star Wars, you know that Darth Vader wasn't or always Darth Vader. He was Anakin Skywalker. And now something had happened in his life where tragic took place and he became angry he wanted justice. And so what he ended up doing was instead of choosing right, he gave into his flesh. How many times we always feel like we want to give into our flesh. Our flesh wants to lead. Our flesh wants to, to find justice. So what Anakin did was he gave into his emotions. And he started, yes, yes, these things happened. And yes, they weren't very good. But instead of choosing to do what was right, he chose to give in to his emotions. And so what happened was Anakin slowly lost himself as he gave into the darkness. See, darkness comes and darkness surrounds us. It's super easy to give in to the darkness. Very, very easy because it takes a lot of effort to choose good. It takes a lot of effort to do what is right because everybody is against you. It's so easy to give into the darkness because everybody is doing it. And darkness comes and, and entices you and say, you want to get them back? We can get them back. I'll give you power. I'll give you where men will fear you. I'll, we'll bring justice. We'll go after revenge. And all of these things are feeding the emotions. So Anakin decides to give into that and he becomes Darth Vader. Now if you know the story, you know Darth Vader. You don't you can't even recognize him anymore. It's no longer Anakin. He's become this robot. He becomes controlled by the darkness. And that's exactly what will happen when we give into emotion. When we give into emotion, we start making poor decisions. And in these poor decisions, we start losing pieces of ourselves and that's why not just this next generation but our generation and some of the generation before have no idea who they are we're lost in our identity because we have no idea because we've lost pieces of ourselves because we've given into the flesh so here we have darth vader and it's at the last moment and he gets to choose and the evil emperor is saying destroy luke now, Darth Vader knows that Luke's his son. And the very last moment, he makes a decision that changes everything. He decides to save Luke and destroy the emperor. I'll tell you why. Because underneath all of that still was good. And that little piece of good can overtake any darkness if you choose it. But it has to come down to the choice being yours. So we are in this series, and this video that we're going to take a look at is Yoda training Luke, okay? Because everything about faith has to do what we choose to believe in. And that is where you fail, when we lack belief. See, Yoda knew exactly what Luke had He had what it took to be and do something great. But he couldn't force Luke to believe in it for himself. He couldn't force Luke to make that choice. He couldn't get him out of defeat. He had to choose that for himself. And that takes faith. Open up your Bibles with me. We are going to dive right into Hebrews 11. And we're going to take a look at verse 7. Now, can you imagine what went through Noah's mind when God first told him to build this ark? That there was going to be a flood coming. See, Noah lived in an area where I highly doubt had rain at all. Or maybe he's never even seen rain. And God is telling him, hey, just letting you know that there's a flood about to come. So you're going to make a huge boat. I mean, not just a regular boat. This is a huge boat ark and you're going to gather all the animals can you imagine what went through noah's mind if you are there hebrews seven chapter i mean hebrews 11 chapter 7 we're going to read and we're going to kind of break down this verse so it says by faith noah when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear built an ark to save his family By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. By faith, Noah saved. Let's break this down real quick. The first one, God warned Noah. That to me tells me that Noah and God had a relationship. Noah must have been telling God all kinds of corruption was going on and violence. I mean, how difficult was it for Noah to keep his kids out of trouble? I mean, I don't know if Noah complained about about it to God, but I know I would. Like, this is just a crazy place, and what about my kids? Noah believed God because he had a relationship with God. The second part of this verse talks about, in fear or reverence, Noah built the ark. Once God spoke to Noah, he moved. He put his faith into action. He didn't just stand around saying, oh yeah, that's cool, I believe, and do nothing. Because if he did believe and do nothing, we wouldn't be here today. But instead, Noah, through fear, godly fear, and reverence to the Lord, said, okay, I'll do it. Now the third part of this, it says, Noah's faith saved his family. Now, I can understand Noah was motivated by his relationship with God and his fear and reverence towards him. But he also was responsible for his family. And because of his relationship with God, he was able to get his family on board. And I'm not just talking literally on board, I'm talking about on board with his faith. This was his responsibility. Now, going back to Luke and Yoda, we can see how the story ends up. But by this moment, Luke has to make a decision whether or not he's going to believe. And the last part of this scripture talks about, By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. See, there is righteousness that we inherit when we keep in the faith. Knowing that it's more than just believing, but it's following through. See, how many times have we ever felt defeated? We've ever felt like, you know what, this calling is too much for me. This is too much for me. Maybe I can't. Or maybe if you've seen, okay, like Luke, he, he saw the X-wing coming up, but then he just couldn't do it all the way. So he gave up and he felt defeated instead of pushing in and following through. And when we see things through, what happens to our faith? It becomes strengthened. And then our belief becomes even stronger. And it's in that, it doesn't mean we're not going to hit trials. We're not going to have obstacles in our life. Absolutely not. It means we have what it takes to overcome those things. You just have to know where to put your belief in. So, if I listen so much to the world, guess what's gonna happen? I'm gonna end up coming like the world. And you won't even be able to recognize me anymore. I wouldn't be able to be called by name because I'll look completely different. See, my identity is in Christ. So, if I say that, if I say that's where my identity is, then my faith should be in it as well. It's not just saying I believe. It's not just coming with a posture of, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to worship God. Do you really understand what you're saying? Because saying and doing are two different things. It takes faith to follow through. So I can't even imagine what was going on in Noah's mind because he was like, an ark? Yeah. I don't think it came that easy, but he did it anyway and he followed through. See, Noah was man just like us. He was human. But here's the difference. He lived in a time where this was before Christ. This was before the outpouring of the Spirit. This was where he had to they had they were listening to the law either yay or nay. And he was in an environment where there was all wickedness and corruption and just Noah I, I can't even imagine if we, I, we didn't have each other. Do you know how difficult it would be to make godly decisions without godly support or people coming alongside of you and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. Hey, let's do this together. It, is, it feels almost impossible, but here's Noah doing the impossible, He's by himself, feeling defeated, and he has to build this ark in a community surrounded by evil. I'm pretty sure they weren't saying, oh, good job, Noah, that boat that looking good. No, they were hashtag crazy. Okay, this guy is just borderline crazy. And I'm pretty sure they were doing worse things than that, but he kept on pressing in, pushing through, and that's what kept building his faith, because he trusted God. It was his relationship with God that gave him the strength to see it through. It was his relationship with God that he said, I trust you more than what I'm hearing coming in through the sides. Or what this generation of corruption and evilness is saying to me. And it is hard. Because you know what, church? We're in it right now. And we have a decision to make. Are we going to stand up? Or are we going to give in? See, our faith will be tested by the way we move into action. And the church now, yes, we live in a world that seems very corrupt. Are we able to take that step and push through? Am I able to say no to the flesh? Because it's real easy to give in to the flesh. Real easy. Or are you going to take that step and say, I choose good? I got to choose this way because it's the right way. The kind of faith that saves, that tells me that it's possible for me to have that same kind of faith. See, the characteristics of faith that saved Noah are the same as what our faith needs today. It was not the faith alone, but an obedient faith. None of the examples listed in Hebrews 11 had faith alone none of them. They were obedient. To Noah, what God said was going to happen was real, though as yet unseen. A thing is not necessarily unreal just because it's unseen. In fact, the most powerful parts of reality are unseen, love and hate, which are very two powerful motivators. While we see the effects of both of them, no one can see love or hate itself. Now, blind faith is accepting that something is true without having seen it or evidence of it at all. On the other hand, faith is our acceptance and response to something we have not seen. But we have seen evidence that causes us to accept it's true. Noah had the faith to accept as real a future happening that had never happened before. Why did he believe something was going to happen that had never happened before? Did he have evidence that it would? Yes. He served the true and living God and the creator of all things. When God told Noah of his decision, Noah believed it based upon who he knew God to be. He knew God because he had a relationship with him. And when you have a relationship with God and you know He's the creator of all things and He says you're going to do something, best you do it. Because it will be the right way. Turn with me to Genesis 6. We're just going to take a look at this chapter real quick. All the way in the front. I'm going to skim through a couple of things, but this is the chapter Genesis 6, where the wickedness and judgment of man is happening. Here's God looking at creation and seeing an entire human race filled with wickedness and evil. Okay, it's about 1,500 years since Adam and Eve, and this is a time where, like, we're, we're reproducing. But see, what happened in the garden has thrived and it's called sin. And so now God is looking down and He's saying, Um, seriously, where are the righteousness? Where are the righteous people? So in verse five, the Lord, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Let's stop there real quick. He's saying he looked upon the earth and every man had an intent in his heart and his mind to do evil, not just once a day, not just twice a day, but continually. This was a, a generation, this was a, a human race that chose to just indulge in sinful nature and sinful desires they had they had no reverence to the lord at all zero sometimes we can see that our world kind of looks like that sometimes there's no reverence to god there's no fear in fact even in the church sometimes there's no fear and one of the things that i was explaining to the kids was like you know we get so caught up in this feel good that our image of God changes and we think that we can just do whatever we want because we're the chosen, we're, we're God's kids and we can just do whatever I want because you're going to forgive me, right God? You're going to forgive me. Well, you know, he is a forgiving God, but there's consequences to our actions. See, my kids, (laughs) they would get cracks. They would, they would seriously get cracks. It wouldn't bring me joy. Well, it depends, but because there's consequences to your actions. That's what I always say. There's consequences, okay? But does it make me love them any less? No, it doesn't. And it brings me so much joy when I see them doing right, that I want to just bless them. And I'm, I'm just human. Imagine God the Father. When we choose righteousness, and we choose truth, and we choose good, imagine the blessings that he just wants. He's just going to shower us with blessings, He wants us to be blessed. He's just waiting for us to get it together. Just choose me. Choose righteousness. But it's so hard because we live in such a corrupt world that it's so easy to get pulled into the flesh side of things because maybe I'm hurt or somebody offended me, somebody said something to me, or I don't know, nobody likes my purple hair, whatever it is, okay? If I walk in my flesh, it is not going to be good trust me and the reason why I know is because I know what I was like before Christ and if I kept going down that road it would not be good for me at all and that's why I just love that story of Darth Vader because it reminds me that there's redemption in good and good is Christ so here we go carrying on with the story so the Lord this is verse 7 so the Lord said, oh wait, no, I want to go back up to, to verse 6, because this kind of broke my heart. Verse 6, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Oh, can you imagine? God just was like, I, I'm, I feel so sorry I even created this. And I just can't imagine breaking God's heart like that. But every time we choose an evil life or we choose to to you know go down that path that's not righteous i remind i'm reminded of that i don't want to break his heart i don't want to disappoint him and and he's such a loving god he doesn't look at it that way but i it helps me stay on that path so we get to verse 7 so the lord said i will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now, this is the God that sounds like me. I'll just wipe this all out, and we'll just start new. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise the Lord! There was one person... One person out of all of the human race. And God said, okay, then I'll save you. Now, Noah walked with God and had favor with him. And so we get to chapter, the verses 13, and it goes all the way down to 21. And this is the great part where it says, verse 13, And God said to Noah, The end of the flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So make yourself an ark. And then it goes on to give clear instructions, a to-do list, basically, to, to Noah. He's giving him a kid. This is what the ark is going to look like. This is how you're going to build it. This is what you're going to build it with. And in fact, you're also responsible for gathering some of the animals, not some of them, but two of, the, of every kind, male and female. And not only that, because the Disney Cruise is not going to come along and pick you and your family up. You are going to create this ark. And on this ark, there are still responsibilities. He still he went from having to build a boat to now being a zookeeper and then feeding and being responsible for everyone that was in the ark. Because once those, clo- door, those doors closed and the rains came down and it rained for 40 days, doesn't mean that the, the water receded. It was a long time that he was in that boat and he had to take care of everything in it. And that reminds me of exactly, see, we have redemption with Jesus Christ, right? We have this path, but we still have a responsibility. There's an ark. And today, if we look at it today because we have Jesus Christ, Jesus becomes the ark for us. He saves us from judgment, but there's still responsibility within the ark. And we need to take up that responsibility, and we only do that when we believe that we are called out of the world. We are not of the world. We are called apart from the world, separate, and we walk a different path, and I love the last verse of this because this is God giving all these details to, to Noah, and the last part says, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Noah didn't just sit around and say, this is a lot of work. I mean, maybe he did. But he did it anyway. That's the kind of faith that he had. He trusted God, and he said, I may not see rain clouds. Maybe they will never happen. I don't know, because this was years. Do you think he had some doubt? Probably. But he still went, and he still moved in the right direction. So many times, I doubt God. I'm standing up here, I still doubt. Like, really, Lord? Really? I mean, sure, there's other people, but God's sake, but I've called you. And so if you don't walk in that calling, then that means I'm being disobedient. Noah believed God when God warned him about the future. He had that kind of faith that moved him into action, regardless of what the world around him was saying about him or how he felt. It was hard work, but he did it anyway. Here's what I want you guys to write down. The first thing faith takes trust. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will with all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We may never understand why things happen, but when we trust God with everything, not giving into our lack of understanding, and we seek out his will, his plans, his ways, he gives us our own to-do list, and he shows us the way. Faith takes trust. Second one, faith takes obedience. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him, Psalms 128, 1. Noah had a godly fear of the Lord. He held God in a high regard. And because Noah knew God to be true, he was obedient. And because of that obedience, he was saved. We can do our devotions. We can do the right thing. But if it is not applied to our lives, we're not walking in obedience. We're just walking in habit. We just want to look like we are righteous. But the fruit will always show. Faith takes obedience. And last, faith takes commitment. When Noah decided to obey, he was all in. He and his family. Commitment is sticking it out, even when it gets hard, even when you don't see a single rain cloud in the sky. That's a faith of commitment. When you are committed to the calling and you are committed to what Christ is telling you, you're committed to the belief that you have put your faith in, regardless of your circumstance. If the worship team can come up, please. See, my husband and I were going on 22 years this year of being married, and I know it's amazing. And he's so cute. Um, But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. We were high school sweethearts, and it was tough, mostly for him. (laughs) Sorry. But when we decided we were going to make a commitment of marriage, it changed everything. Was it tough? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was, because we were young. And then we were raising kids, and man, we didn't know what we were doing. But we were committed to give God everything. And we were committed from day one to put our marriage in his hands. And because we chose that, I'm telling you right now, it's better than I could ever imagine. And it just keeps getting better. And I always say this. I'm like more in love with him today than I've ever been. And he's probably way more in love with me than ever, right? Yes. <laughs> when you make a commitment, it doesn't mean we give up when things are hard. When we make a commitment, it doesn't say we're, we're going to try just for a little bit. But if it doesn't work out, ah, I'm done. Faith takes trust faith takes obedience and faith takes commitment so you have already what it takes to be great because you are a child of the most high God and when you decide to put your faith and trust in him you're not gonna you're gonna have moments where that you're gonna struggle with bringing up that x-wing right But then his spirit comes in and says, Watch, I'm going to do it through you. Because it's not on our own strength, it's through him that we get to walk. And it's our faith and our belief in him that strengthens us. The quality of faith exhibited by Noah is the only kind that saves. These examples from before Christ were written down in the Old Testament and then the Hebrew writer refers to them in the New Testament to show us what saving faith is all about. We need a faith like Noah had as much as Noah needed it. And Noah's faith was an obedient trust in God. I'm going to ask you to stand because we're going to close and just in a position that we can just stand before God and we're going to close at worship and we're going to have Erica and Christian come up but I just wanted us to to kind of just exercise that that moment where we tell our flesh no this is between me and the Lord and we stand before him in reverence because we have that fear and reverence towards God and we stand expecting who he is to download his spirit I am so grateful that we have Jesus and that he becomes our ark but there's so much responsibility still and we exercise our our faith through action putting it into action moving when God speaks we move and although difficult we still can because of who he is in us i'm not perfect but jesus is and he resides in me let's pray heavenly father we are so grateful that you have given us examples of faith like noah that you make it possible for us to have that kind of faith that you saved us and And although there is evil that surrounds us, Lord, give us the strength that we need to choose good, to choose light, to choose Jesus. Strengthen us and strengthen our faith. Give us the ability, Lord, every single day as we die to our flesh so that our spirit can lead, so that we can move in that direction, so that we can have that kind of faith that saves us, that moves us. The faith that—that trust in you, and the kind of faith that—that that leads us to walk an obedient life, because we're all in, Lord, and we stand here as a church, as individuals standing before you. We're all in, Lord, and we thank you for your mercy and for your grace, and we can clearly say, "I believe in you," because you are the true God, the creator of all things, and in you we put our trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, NC Bunny. So, Christian.
1: That was pretty awesome. Um, I love Star Wars, so if you want to relate something to me and use Star Wars, I'm like, I got it. But uh, for me, I really took that one part when she said, uh, faith takes commitment. Um, You know, it's that faith to keep going even when it doesn't make sense. Even when everyone's telling you, you know, this is not right. It's that faith that, you know, I know the right way. Um, And I like how she said, you know, it's with like like Luke with that X-wing. Yoda was telling him, look, you can do it. And he's telling himself, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he couldn't. And it's like in life, when we're faced with those impossible things and we tell ourselves we can't, we're not going to be able to do it. It's only by that faith, only by, you know, going when it doesn't make a lot of sense. But God is telling us this is the way that we're going to strengthen our faith.
0: Yeah, um, I really like that she pointed out there's a difference between belief and faith, right? You can say, I believe, but it, faith is an action. You gotta act down in faith, and she likened it to um, Noah having responsibilities on the ark. You know, we have a responsibility as followers of Jesus. You know, we made a lot of jokes about zero gravity being really difficult, but. It was so awesome. A lot of our kids accepted Jesus. And a lot of our kids got baptized. And when we move in our faith to push them, to pray for them, to act on it, they are our responsibilities as we lift up the next generation.